0: all very well having great ideas, but if you're not taking action, you will not get the results you want. And that's what we're going to be talking about today on Entrepreneurs Get Visible. But before we dive into that, I want to let you know about a very special event that I'm hosting. That is for action takers, for people who are ready to get out there but maybe don't know the full mechanics on how to do that. At Get Visible Live on the 20th of June, 2020, we're going to be coming together with lots of other listeners to this fabulous show, lots of supporters of this show, to teach you and train you and get you really inspired about how you get yourself visible. We've got guests talking about content marketing, social media, getting in the press, podcasting, all sorts of things that are going to help you really get out there. So if you know that you need some help with this and you want to connect with some great people, make sure you head over to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get-visible-live Or head over to the show notes and click on the link there. I'd love to see you so that we can bring loads of my listeners together. There really are some incredible people out there listening just like you are right now. So get yourself a ticket and I can't wait to see you there. So on with today's show. I am introducing you today to an amazing award-winning business mentor and growth strategist who helps small businesses to grow and scale with consistent recurring revenue. She's helped businesses achieve great things and smash through their goals using her own framework and systems which are based on three core principles mindset, strategy, and you guessed it, action. So today I am delighted to introduce to you and to welcome onto the show Gemma Went. So hey everybody, today I'm really excited to bring on Gemma Went onto the show. So Gemma is she's a host of the Simply Smart Business show which has been going for a few years now and We are going to be talking a lot about action-taking and how that that's really important if you want to build a business that's consistently bringing in recurring revenue. So, hey, Gemma, and welcome to Entrepreneurs Get Visible.
1: Hi, it's so good to be here. Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome.
0: So, we've been talking about that a lot of your work is about mindset, strategy, and action. And you've got a very exciting uh, new branch of your work that's coming out. Tell us a little bit about that program, that method, and why that matters.
1: Yeah, well, for me, I've I've been using that method probably for about four years now. And it was when I was sort of building, because my business is now coming into the seventh year, and it was when I was first sort of building my business, just being aware of the things that were getting in my own way. A lot of that was around mindset, which then stopped me from taking action. So the two of those were kind of going hand in hand. And then when I started working with more and more clients, I saw the three elements showing up and the importance of having all three in everything that you're doing. So you've got to have that supportive mindset. You've got to work on your mindset. You've got to have the right strategies that are going to get you from where you are to where you want to be. And then you have to take action because it's down to you, right? So for me, it's like merging all three of those together. Those are the three essential things that, that I need and what my clients need to reach the success that they're after. So you said you've been in business for seven years. Yeah. And for, the,
0: for people who don't know you,
1: what is your business? What,
0: what is it you do? And how do, how do you filter that out into the world?
1: Yeah, I am a business mentor and growth strategist. So I mentor small business owners and I help them to grow and scale a business online. The growth strategist element of it, and the business mental element is basically because I've I've been in business for a long time. I've got 20 years experience. This is my second business. My first business was 15 years ago, which was a, a physical digital marketing agency in Soho in London. And so I've been in the business world and I understand how to kind of create and grow businesses. But the growth strategist element of it Is really around how you grow and scale online. And my background is actually digital marketing for corporates and brands. So it's about how you use all of those essential things online to really help you and digitally to help you grow your business.
0: So when you came into into the kind of coaching space, what led you to deciding to do that seven years ago?
1: Do you know what? It's a funny story. (laughs) It's always a story. (laughs) So I was actually pregnant seven months pregnant, I was a planned single mom and I found myself jobless. So I actually had to start my business. No one was going to give me a job at seven months pregnant. I'd obviously run a business before, so it wasn't a difficult thing for me to do. So what I initially did was I started doing what I'd done in the past as a digital marketing consultant. So that's what the business was originally, seven years ago. And I was working for some amazing brands And then as I started to work with small business owners, initially to work on their digital strategy, what I was realizing was actually they didn't get the business model right and they weren't getting the business strategy right and they weren't planning it right and they didn't have all the financials right. So I needed to kind of take them back a step before we could even think about doing a digital strategy. And that's where I started then to move more into business mentoring and looking at the whole picture for small business owners.
0: This interests me because what you're talking about is the reason that you had to start this business in the first place was because you had a really compelling reason to take action. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Right? Um, So talk to me a bit about... Obstacles or reasons that you see that people don't take action? What is it you see
1: as as a pattern in people? Yeah, I see this all the time. And I think for me, this is where that mindset piece comes in, right? Because, you know, growing a business is the biggest personal growth journey you will ever go on. We've heard this many, many times, right? And I think what happens is when we are asking ourselves to step out of our comfort zone, to be visible to do things that we've never done before, to try these new strategies, to talk to people in ways that we've never done before, then all of those old stories and those fears come up that stop us from getting in the way. And for me, it's those that stop people from taking action because they tell themselves or or whatever voice there's in in their head is telling them they're not good enough they're going to fail anyway who are they to do this these other people are way better than them and I think that gets in the way of people taking action and then they get stuck in procrastination Mm -hmm. which is just another form of fear. Procrastination
0: and perfectionism as well. I see that. Right, I was doing a talk on imposter syndrome a few weeks ago in Cardiff and incredible leaders and CEOs still really struggling with imposter syndrome. Yeah. And I think, we kind of imagine that it's just a, a female issue and there are some societal reasons why. Mm. It's prevalent. But this happens across the board. It happens to everybody. And in some ways, understanding that it happens to everybody kind of sets you free in a way. Yeah. That you're not the only one thinking, I'm not good enough or I'm going to be found out. But there's that fear, isn't there? When you start something new or you're upscaling into a whole nother level of business, that you have to be incompetent for a while yeah. before you have that knowledge and you have that experience. And that can be really tricky for some people.
1: Yeah, it's scary. And you know, have you had, heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect? I haven't. Oh, it's amazing. So and again, this is- that's how Dunning, Dunning. Dunning-Kruger, K-U-R-U-G-E-R. So, um, basically, it's, it's exactly right. It's basically, um, and I, this is something that I, I actually share with my clients a lot when they start a journey with me. Because what the Dunning Kruger effect shows is that we have this kind of psychological bias where we have high confidence and we think our ability or our competence is bigger than it is, right? So then when we start doing something new, and that's like starting a new program, working with a new coach, stepping into a new area, up-leveling, trying something different. We then, and we're really excited. and We're like, oh my God, this is the thing. This is the thing. I'm, this is going to be amazing for me and my business. And then they start the thing. And then you realize, and this happens to all of us, right? You realize, oh, your competence and your ability isn't where you thought it was. So then that drops. And when that drops, you then get the fear. And you're like, oh, your confidence drops with it. You're not feeling good enough and all the fear plays out. And it's when you're in that spot that a lot of people give up. Yes. Because they feel like I'm just not good enough. And the confidence comes back up again. Are the people that keep on pushing through, keep on taking action anyway to get themselves themselves through to the other side. And this plays out for everybody. It happens to me in everything that I do every time. I up level. It's there for all of us.
0: Give me an example of when you've realized that that's happening for you and you've got a choice as Mm. back
1: off or whether you keep on going. Yeah, do you know what? One of the things I haven't already shared with you and it's gonna be really useful for this conversation. I actually am an introvert and I have huge visibility fears and always have done. And I've had to do a lot of work to be on a podcast and go on webinars. And last year I put on my first event which was a two day event where i was getting on stage and you know i don't know why i did it in the first place to be honest as it got closer and closer i was petrified and i was so scared of getting on stage and i you know in in the week before i wanted to cancel it i was just like oh my god i'm petrified and then i did it and it was amazing like once i got on stage it felt fabulous but that i think took me to a different level Mm -hmm. the offers I was getting after that the conversations I was getting after that and then all of a sudden I was kind of there and then suddenly I started doubting my own ability and my own kind of competence thinking oh well I'm I'm, I can't do that. I'm not good enough to do
0: that Mm -hmm.
1: I was telling myself all the reasons oh it's only because I had an event really because of me and it was playing out and playing out and playing out and every time I go to another level this plays out for me. And I have to just be kind to myself and realize this is what's going on. And it's part of the process. And I can just keep on moving forward and take care of myself and I will be okay.
0: See, it's interesting. I love that you shared that because the reason that I knew about you was because of your event. Mm And I didn't go to your event, but I, you know, I saw that you were promoting it. And had you not been doing that, you wouldn't have come into my world. Yeah. You know, it's because you put yourself out there as someone who is, Uh, I I guess, uh, has enough trust in themselves to run an event like that. Mm. For me, that makes someone interesting to come on my podcast. And so I've not consciously thought about why have I invited Gemma onto this show. But it is those little steps that people take that separates you from the crowd, from the herd. But actually, it isn't always comfortable to do those things. And I love that you shared that. Mm. Love that you shared that. Mm. So it, it was interesting, actually. Last year, I was about to host my first version of my first event, and I had to cancel. Because we had so many family issues, lots of horrendous mm. things that were happening, and I remember having those thoughts. And you know, I'm I'm from the mindset space. I understand that these thoughts aren't true, and i they don't mean anything. It doesn't mean we don't have them. Yeah, exactly. thinking and thinking, I can't cancel, uh, even though I'm pretty much crying every day because I've got people left, right, and centre who are seriously ill. I'm going to have to show up, and I can't even market this because I'm not in the right headspace. But the moment I made that decision to cancel. It was absolutely the best thing for me. Mm. When I then did do my first proper live event under my my own branding, it just meant that my work was completely different. And sometimes yeah. it's about, sometimes you have to push through the boundaries and sometimes you have to know go, actually, just because I've put myself out there doesn't mean I have to continue. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And I think it's all about, I know it's corny to say it, but it's about listening to yourself. And sometimes we have to try these ideas to know, actually, perhaps not, that's not right, or it's not right right now. And so many of the things that I've kind of put out there, or I've almost put out there, I've been really behind it. But then all of a sudden, I'm like, actually, this doesn't feel right. And I change and I pivot and I go in another direction. I actually think that's part of the process. And you have to go through that to learn the things that you do like and are right for you, you have
0: to have a certain level of confidence to be able to pivot and change and to yeah, back you do. yourself. And yeah. part of that is having good people around you that you can actually air how you're really mm-hmm. feeling about something. Particularly if you have made sales and you've got people expecting something from you to actually then go, "That's not happening." That you yeah. know, you do have to kind of trust you, trust yourself, and trust your instincts, I suppose. Yeah. Um, one of the things we were talking about off air was about this concept of recurring income. And I liked the mm. fact, recurring, re- recurring revenue. And I said to you, I like the fact that you talk about that in, in building a sustainable business mm. rather than saying it's passive income. Mm. Because I think saying that it's recurring revenue makes it much more realistic because most of us running online businesses and, and coaching businesses, it's not that you just create it once and it's done and you forget about it there is work. So tell me a little bit about that and how that
1: works for you in your business. Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's the thing, right? For me, recurring revenue and passive income are two completely separate things. You know, passive income can be part of your recurring revenue model, that they're not the same. And I think that's where it gets confusing that people talk about it as as like they're the the same thing. They're not, they're completely different. For me, recurring revenue is, when I talk about creating consistent recurring revenue all the time, because that's how I've built my business, and it became really important to me because I am not someone who can cope with the whole feast and famine and not knowing what money is coming into my business. I've suffered with anxiety for years, it just raises that to levels that's that's not comfortable for me, and right from day dot, I realized that like when I had a new baby on my boob and a laptop in the other hand, and I was starting out my business and it was just down to me to to put the roof over our heads i knew i had to have recurring revenue to secure that so it was so 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 important so for me it's it's how you model your business how you ensure and lock in an amount that comes in every single month for a certain period of time for me it's normally like so long as i've got it locked in for about 6 months and i feel okay around that. So when I was a consultant, it was retainers. So I went for retainers all of the time with my clients. My first three clients that I got in the first year of business sort of took me to 80k a year. And it was just three clients on a retainer. And it was amazing. And, and two of them stayed with me for like two years. One was for, for three years.
0: When you do have that recurring income coming in, it gives you freedom, doesn't it? It gives you that sense of... Yeah. Safety. So yeah. then fly because you know and you trust and you're not having those panics about, I can't spend this month, even though there's money in the bank, because what if I then don't get any clients for the
1: next six months? Exactly. And you know, what, what I realized and did with my business, and this is what I teach my clients, is build your business and design a business model with whatever income streams that they are. And we can talk about that in a minute to create a recurring revenue that covers all of your operating expenses, including tax, right? So if you go hell for leather to secure that in your different revenue streams, it could be a retainer. It could be one-to-one clients that are locked in for sort of six months. It could be a group program. For six months, 12 months. It could be a mastermind. It could be passive income. So I have passive products on my website and those are being sold all the time through funnels. So whatever revenue stream or whatever way you're doing that, have enough of that secured to cover all of your operating costs with your salary, running the business, taxes, then anything else you bring into the business is profit. And when you're in that place, that's when you can play with ideas. That's when you can think about, okay, well, I've got this chunk of cash flow coming in. Do I want to do something with that? Do I want to invest it? Do I want to try something else? And for me, that's when you have that real freedom and that space to do different things in your business. And so long as I have my operating costs secured, I know that for the next six months, me, my team and everyone... We are covered and I just need to make sure that 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 keeps on. Do you follow the profit first model? Do you is that I do, yeah, yeah, I do.
0: I've talked about it on the podcast before and I know I can't say the author's name. So I'm gonna tell
1: you it's by someone called Mike something. Mikalovich go on, you say it. I think he might he might not agree with this. Michael McAllowitz.
0: There we go said beautifully by Gemma but we're going to put it in the show notes anyway but the profit first model is great and I was picking up on Gemma's language there it's about making sure you've got your operating costs your operating expenses sorted first and making sure yourself you pay yourself so that is the profit first but really you do your operating expenses first but you try and bring them down bring down your expenses as you increase your your income and it's divvying it up it's kind of like that old method of your granny would put you know, five pound a side every Sunday for the, um, in a different envelope. So she had it for Christmas or whatever, but it's effectively doing it that way, but for your business and it really helps you take control. Mm. And it's it's that sense, isn't it? That when you know, you've got this pot that is for your own personal or business development or for marketing, it does just give you that freedom to play, to explore, to grow. Rather than, you know, investing in programs and, and, and mentors where you think, oh, I can't really afford it and it feels really scary. Instead having that pot where you think, well, actually, actually, it's already there. I've already done yeah. that work.
1: Yeah. And that's a really nice place to learn from and to grow from because you're in a place of abundance and you're not coming from scarcity and you're not in the fear that holds you back because you've got that purity And it's a really nice place to be.
0: We wanted to touch really here today about taking action, but also be the consistency piece. Mm. So, tell me about for you what it means to be consistent in business.
1: Yeah, well, for me, and do you know what consistency is really important to me? And it's why I brought out my my membership club, which is Consistency Club, because actually consistency is one of the things I find the hardest. So, you know, my personality type is someone that. I am a magpie. I love the shiny new things. I go all in. I have great big ideas. I'm, I'm a real kind of creative but that also means that I lose interest quite quickly. So for me, consistency has always been a massive struggle. The same. I love uh, starting
0: things and I get so passionate about
1: everything else I'm not bothered about. I say, so what happens when the, power, the fire goes down? Exactly. Just, like, and and it's, it's a real struggle. And this is in every area of my life. You know, when I want to start a new exercise regime, when I want to start eating healthily, when I want to do something else in my life, as well as my business. So it's always been something that I've struggled with. And for me, it's been about finding a way that feels good for me and finding behaviors and patterns that I can genuinely kind of stick with. And so in every area of my business, I've worked out how I can be consistent in that area by using little tips and hacks and tricks to make me do it. But it's not just to make me do it, to keep my interest. Mm. Because it's once my interest goes, I'm just like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And I still still struggle. Like, my team will tell you, like, you are a nightmare. You've stopped doing the thing. And I'm like, okay, I need to go back and do the thing again. And it happens all the time. But for me, it's about working out what's important in terms of goals and what you're trying to achieve in your business. Working out what needs to be consistent to enable that. So consistent revenue, obviously, is one of them showing up consistently for your audience. And what does that look like for you? Yeah, for me, that is my podcast and my content. And all of that is automated. So I can't mess it up. Like I can't lose interest and disappear because we've got a great system that makes sure it's everywhere. So, so long as I do the first bit, so I generate the content which I'm pretty good at doing now. Is that on video? Are you talking about video? I don't know. Do you know what? A lot of it is written. We use the podcast, obviously, and then we do some video as well. Mm -hmm. But I do it it when I feel good about it. If I have to force myself to sit down and create a video, it will be the worst video in the world. Mm -hmm. No one will engage in that. If I have an idea of something that I want to get off my chest, I'll just go and do a video. So I've learned for me, it's about doing it when I feel really inspired and I have ways of doing that quickly. And then we have a system to make sure that that happens. I also have a fantastic system, which is kind of a a content calendar and library system in one, which if I've had a period where I haven't been able to write or create anything and we haven't got a load of stuff ready to go new my VA will go into the library and pick some of our best content repurpose it So I am always out there and consistent and showing up because we've built a system behind the scenes that well, I'm
0: the same and it, it takes a while to build those banks of content yeah But it gives me security. All sorts of things happen. All sorts, you know, Mm. health, not just mine, but my parents or my children or my husband or, you know, the dog has an emergency or something. And there are all all sorts of reasons why, for whatever reason, you're not wanting to be physically out there every single day. Yeah, You're not going to want to go live every single day or whatever. And and you don't necessarily need the world to know what's going on in your personal life either. No, exactly. There is a line.
1: Yeah. And
0: I know like recently we had we had a bereavement and I just couldn't just couldn't for a few days. Just just couldn't. But because I knew that the, my va can just go and access everything and it's yeah. all it's all there she doesn't have to do anything except copy and paste it it's still yeah. me it's still my words we're not fabricating me yeah uh, and so i think that that for me has been a bit of a game changer as well
1: yeah the it is it. huge it's
0: not but just social media on the fly no
1: it's,
0: this is a game that i'm gonna play and do well at yeah
1: yeah. And, you know, absolutely. And, and I think for me, consistency is about finding those strategies and systems that will enable the consistency, even when you're not able to do it yourself in the moment. And so, you know, for me, it's finding those and making those work in every area of the business. So what would be your three top tips then for
0: for someone who is thinking, I want to make sure that I'm consistent, but I don't know how to go about
1: that? Mm, okay. So first of all, I would check in on how important it is to be consistent in the area they're thinking of. And if they're not thinking of an area, if they're thinking, like, I just want to be consistent, then I would choose kind of the top two or three areas where it really makes a difference in your business to be consistent, i.e. revenue, mm. showing up consistently for your audience and consistent lead generation. Like for me, those are the three things that you absolutely have right so really feeling into those things and thinking about okay what feels good for me in terms of turning up and being consistent in this area because I think I can teach how I'm consistent all the time right But well, that feels good for me if I'm teaching it to someone else and they're like they're trying to copy that but it's not in alignment it's never going to work for them so it's about taking all of the advice and then thinking about a way in each of those areas that feels really, really congruent and aligned with them and fun and something they're going to stick with. And then coming up with a strategy in each area that's going to enable them to, to stay on course. One of the things that I've learned, which is it was a game changer for me, is anchoring. So consistency is all about creating new patterns of behavior, right? And sticking to it. They say you need 21 days to, to create a habit. I think it's more likely 30, probably 60, but I, I tend to go for 30. So for me, when I want to create a new pattern of behavior, what I try to do is find an existing pattern that I love and I'm doing really, really well and add the new behavior to the end of that. Because that reminds me that I have to do that thing. And it just becomes part of that pattern. So anchoring has been an amazing thing for me in my personal life. And so give in an business. example of how that might work, Gemma. What might that yeah. look like? My best one is actually a personal one. It's not a business one. I love swimming, love it, but I was finding it really, really hard to leave my desk. I'm one of the people that if I sit at my desk, I really get into stuff, and I can't leave. I find it really, really hard. No matter how much I try, it's hard to go to a yoga class. It's hard to go and do something lovely. I just I can't tear myself away. So what I realized was I needed to do something that was really easy access. It's not a specific specific time of class or anything like that. And I decided to anchor that to the school run. Uh So I drop my son off. And then from there, I drive to my spa and I swim every morning. And I do 20 lengths. And then I do a steam room, jacuzzi, shower at home. And I'm at my desk by about in the morning. And then I start work. And that I've stuck to and I love because it's been anchored to something that I'm doing anyway.
0: And anchoring to leaving the house is quite important. <laughs> exactly. So Gemma, it's really interesting then. So, so in terms of that, that would work for swimming. Are there other examples that you've encouraged maybe clients to use
1: in order to have more consistency in their life? Yeah, do you know what? I think for my clients, one of the things that I teach them is always being aware of the goal, the vision, and being moving towards that. Because a lot of my clients, just like I do, right, They have the plan, they know what they have to do and they go off in another direction or they start thinking about something else. And for me, it's like consistently reminding yourself of what that goal is. So having an alarm or having some kind of reminder to check in, is this thing you're doing right now moving the needle? Is this thing you're doing right now helping you to reach your future goal? Because we can all get so caught up in past thinking and past patterns and stuff that we're not doing. So having that reminder... And I do it as well. It's a really useful tool to just go... Is this thing right now moving you towards your goal? And then you're like, oh, nope. And then you need to course correct. And then I mean, it's Facebook scrolling. I get. Gemma's oh my god,
0: hours hours. Oh. And I was convinced myself it's work. It's not work. It's, it's not, not work. work. It's, it's not, work. not for doing anything to improve my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Gemma, if anyone wants to come and find out about you, where where should they come to? Where's the best?
1: Okay, way? go to my website, GemmaWent.co.uk. Okay. Cool. We will make
0: sure we get that into the show notes as well. So, and if you haven't listened, go and check out Gemma's podcast the simply smart business show so you can find out much more about her and how she works so thank you so much for coming on today it's been a pleasure to talk to you
1: thank you so much for having me
0: you're more than welcome take care thank you for listening to entrepreneurs get visible to get your free checklist on how to raise your profile and to find out about our community go to annaparkernaples.co.uk forward slash get visible